It's become like the family mantra. But my father was a, a, a all American 400 meter runner, and his um, mm-hmm. his coach was one of like the the guys who put up like the fist in the 68 you know Olympics um, mm, gold medalist right. right and um, mm. the mantra that his coach gave him was uh, the main things to keep the main thing the main thing and that that is about like staying that. locked in and staying focused on what you're doing That's keeping right. your main thing uh, the main thing and I try to live mm. life along that there's so many uh, shiny bells and whistles out there especially when you're having so success people want to pull you distract you do That's what's right. working keep the main thing the main thing and just stay locked in on your mission and it will pay off what's up ladies and gents this is mike headley host of the headley good real estate show the podcast was designed to show business professionals who happens to have a license to sell real estate how you can make money outside of just selling a piece of property we are talking to entrepreneurs that's making things happen continue to tune in Hey, ladies and gents, this is Mike Headley. We are back of the great episode on Headley Good Real Estate Show. Listen, family, got a brother right here who is doing his thing uh, in the Philly markets and other markets as well in terms of his education. This brother uh, is an investor. Reading his resume here, he's a teacher and a mentor, and he has so much jewels and knowledge he's going to drop on us. I'm happy to let you tell you that. Let's give a warm <laughs> welcome. To Mr. Brian Grimes with 24-7 University. How you doing, brother? Doing good. Appreciate you having me on. Oh, man. Listen, brother. We appreciate you, man, for being, um, want to come on the show. And like I said, one, 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 one thing about our show, we, we, we keep it real. And the brother reached out and we checked him out and we said, yo, we like what his brother's doing. We felt as though this is great for our audience because, again, we... We show real estate professionals who happens to have a license. You can make money not just selling a piece of property, right? You can do so many different things. And that's how I got into business as an investor. And then I got my license. Took a whole nother turn, so to speak. So, Mr. Brian. Uh, Brian or Mr. Grimes? Which one do you want to talk to? Either one. People call me BG. You know, whatever. whatever BG, okay. Uh, for you. Got you, got you. Got We like to be respectful on the no, show, definitely. man. Make sure people feel, you know, how I'd like to be um, acknowledged. So, brother, you, uh, you've been in the game. Uh, in terms of real estate and investing, how long you been in the business and what was that itch? Ask every guest, what was that itch to say, let me go this way in terms of real estate and this particular population, meaning rental property, Yeah, if that's the case. But you didn't dive into it. Tell us about it. Yeah, I've been in the game for a little over a decade now. Um, mm-hmm. So really just starting off kind of like most of us with a house hack, um, house hack and a multi mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to live in a kind of a knock-in basement unit, like wasn't legal. Mm. Um, and then had two apartments above that, rent out the apartments. I was going to live for free, actually make maybe like $400 a month to live uh, in my own uh, property. And um, that was my first deal. And I kind of just kept buying multis and then um, got into the full gut renovation. And that was when things started to really become scalable and explode. I would say the... the um, the itch like the aha moment for me with with real estate i would i was uh when i was like younger just in college i had a buddy of mine who was in real estate and like mm-hmm. you know my best friend so we're talking about real estate all the time and he graduated mm-hmm. before me so we're at like a like a college bar 
uh, just hanging out. And he pulls out a, a knot of like, maybe it's like $2,500 of cash. And I'm like, you know, what is that? I'm a broke, broke college kid still. And he's <laughs> no like, way. oh, this is the rent money. This is the rent roll. And I'm like, all right, I need to, I need to figure this thing out. So um, I knew mm. I wanted to get into real estate. I also knew I wanted to be my own boss. I wanted to call mm. my own shots. I wanted financial freedom. So I, I graduated from Columbia University and um, okay. with an economics degree. And they would railroad like the economics people into investment banking. And you could make good mm. money. You could knock down a buck 80 right out of college um, as an okay. investment banker. But they're working 20 hour days um, and they had no control over their life. I went into financial planning, uh, 100% commission, no salary, and just grinded because I wanted to have that financial freedom and that control of my day. Um, so I knew real estate and building residual income was going to be what was going to allow me to have control of my, my lifestyle. Um, first and foremost. So I just uh, would save all my money and put it into real estate. And that's how I got my first deal. And then just kept going, kept saving and working until I could do it, you know, full time. Mm-hmm. I like that brother. Now, you know, we got to peel that onion back. We, we got to get a little specific, right? Uh, the brother pulled out an out on you $2,500 yeah. right now. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay. Wow. And uh, like you said, clearly, you know, college days, when you think about real estate. You know, yeah. Uh, what the first deal, house hacked is that's the case yeah. so uh, tell us about that first one. so the first one like um i mean when you're first getting started you don't know much so everything is scary Correct. if you're not scared i always mm. say you, you better check your pulse like you might not you might not be uh, alive anymore <laughs> you should be horrified not be a human. yeah Correct. and my first deal was the scariest for me even though now you know i'll mm. go into a burnout and full got renovated doesn't scare me at all okay um this was okay. a turnkey property i looked at what I, how I got it was I, I started going out during my lunch break after work, sometimes before work, uh, calling out sick of work and just going to see properties. So just getting my volume up, getting my reps up, um, seeing 10 deals a week and you kiss enough frogs, you're going to, you know, uncover that that perfect gem uh, of a deal. So I found this property and the guy who who sold it to me, I bought it at the top of the market for one hundred thirty thousand back in like 2012, 2013. And uh, okay. the guy who had it, he was a, a uh, ex-convict, right? So he had been out for maybe five years. He learned how to build mm. houses in prison. And he he wow. had eight properties at this point. And he was, uh, I was asking him, like, oh, why are you man. letting this go? Because he decked out the basement. It was all done okay. up. He did okay. all the work himself. Uh-huh. And he's like, you know, uh-huh. you know, I got another deal. I want to unload this and take the cash and go put it into this other project. But, um, you know, yes. talking to him about building cash flow in a portfolio and seeing him do it was also, mm-hmm. you know, motivational. Um, but I ended up negotiating a seller's assist from from this deal uh, with him. So he mm-hmm. credited like three or four thousand towards the deal. I came to the table with, I believe, fifty five hundred and I only had ten thousand okay. to my name. Put that down mm-hmm. in this property. When I had it fully tenanted, it was cash flowing about a thousand dollars a month. So I got all my okay. money back five to seven months after expenses. Yeah, after expenses, like pure cash flow. Okay, and um, okay. got all my money back five to seven months, and then was just like cash flowing uh, through that. But I did the FHA house hack, so I put down three point five percent, got this three percent mm-hmm. seller's assist, and um, mm-hmm. trusted the game, trusted the numbers. At the end of the day, the numbers mm-hmm. in real estate, when you get good at numbers, good at running comps, good at um, projecting rents and, and using the right websites, the numbers don't lie. Like the numbers really don't mm. lie in real estate. So you can trust it. And um, you never had big problems, you know, out of this property. Still hold it today. It's just been a great asset. 
Wow. He, you know, the great thing about that is you walked into a property without actually have, not having to fix it up. Exactly. Right? Oh boy. You, I think, well, you came on much better than me. I, and, and, and the show was not about me, but my first deal, literally I had to, you know, what I was doing, I had to buy paint from Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> kind of uh, uh, do the walls myself. I didn't know what I was doing, but I had to fix it up. So kudos to you by walking in the deal and it was kind of ready for you. Yeah, turnkey is the way to go. Like if you're new to the Mm -hmm. game, I tell people all the time, like, look, there's nothing sexy about a turnkey property, right? Because you watch HGTV, uh, Property Brothers, you see some guy running in with a sledgehammer. That's really attractive. Um, But Mm -hmm. the game is not about renovation. It's about um, being a landlord and understanding, are you going to be a good landlord? Can you tenant? Can you property manage? Can you keep your licenses up to date so that you can evict properly? Do you know how to evict? You want to go through a lot of that back end stuff, which I call like the monetization piece of this business versus the building. There's no monetization gotcha. in building properties. Exactly. That's money going out. So you want to get straight to the money coming in. And then once you master that, you can always turn backwards and go to renovation. It's a it's an easier evolution than um, mm. the trial by fire that that you went through. And I, I threw gotcha, myself gotcha, into exactly. when I got in the full gut renovation where, you know, you're dealing with contractors. You might get burned for money. You mm. get uh, overcharged for things. You don't know how to get permits. Inspectors are on your back. You're just going through it. Yeah. Well, you know, I like that. Con- well, I'm sorry. No, no, that's it. No, I like that concept of. Just walking in, ready to go, yeah. right? It's particularly with people who are new into the business, yeah. right? You don't have, you don't have nobody to model after. You see HDTV, YouTube videos, and you, you know, see just, just the internet in itself. But to have somebody physically to, 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 uh, to assist you, you know, you know, that's tough and it's challenging. Yeah. Um, considering the turnkey, what would you say to somebody who may push back on that and say, well? If I give, if I'm, if I'm buying this rental property that's completely turnkey, that means I'm quite sure it's digging into my profits, right? Particularly if I got a loan out. So now my margins are so slim, but I'll take, I'll take my chances by hiring my cousin (laughs) who's done some work before. Like, what do you say to that person? I think, uh, I've seen more people lose money from a false sense of security than anything. Default. Mm. They say the punch you can't see knocks you out, right? And the cousin, the Great uncle point. who, hey, my uncle does a little bit of work. Well, your uncle tells you he's Action Jackson, right? Like he can run into the house with a rubber band and a paper clip and put it back together. But the reality right. is he might just be a carpenter. He might just know how to put down flooring and not really understand all of the different disciplines that go into renovating a property until you put him to mm-hmm. the test. But when you put that person in there to manage your project, you have a false sense of security. And that's how you get burned for tens of thousands of dollars. So I would say always be careful of um, these the people closest to you that will present that they can handle it. A lot of them can't. And that false sense of security mm-hmm. makes you drop uh, the ball and just keep your take your eye off of things. Um, mm-hmm. There can be profit margin squeezes. But look, I, you know, I bought this property for one hundred and thirty thousand. It's worth two eighty now. Um, and I bought it at the top of the market. Right. Turnkey put down three point five percent and. You know, I bought it for exact asking price. So over the long run, if you're going to hold these properties for 30 years, they're probably going to be worth more than you paid for them. So I go back to 
the cash flow game. The cash flow game is a numbers game. Even if it eats into your cash right. flow, cash flow is relative. So um, on a deal that you have to full gut renovate, you have to pour tens of thousands of dollars of cash into that deal. So even if the cash flow number is 800 a month versus 500 a month, if I, if you only had to put down 5K for that 500, your cash on cash return mm-hmm. is probably substantially higher if you're putting less mm-hmm. out of pocket and getting you know mm. a, some cash flow coming in so i always look at it as the uh cash on cash return and that is based on what i have to put into the deal versus you know the money that comes out of it on a monthly basis so i would just look at the numbers and, and really weigh it apples to apples so there there can be deals gotcha. that don't make sense but um your job right. is to find that deal or that that area um that does make sense that area that has low property taxes high rents um, maybe you can buy further into the C class uh, where the cash flow is a little bit higher. So it's just a matter of finding the right deal. Like you just said, yes, everything is the numbers. What do you say to a person just purchased a picked up a property and we know that the contractors can overcharge you and test a huge hit on your profits if you didn't get the turnkey? How do you vet that person? How do you, what questions is to ask? So what do you find at person? Because I've always said, you go to Google, you might get robbed, but at the same time, I, I, got, I got my opinion, but I want to hear yours and, and vetting that contractor who will stay loyal to you and won't rob you. Yeah, I, I always tell people there's a, there's a structural way to do it. So the way to okay. really evaluate a contractor, most of us do it wrong. We start evaluating contractors before we have the deal. So we start making mm. phone calls. Hey, I'm going to have a deal, future tense, mm. and I want to know what the price would be on XYZ. And you're throwing off things that make you look new. How I uh, teach mm. my people to do it is get a deal under contract first. Have mm. like a, a 30 to 60 day contract. Now you have 30 mm. to 60 days to run people into the deal. It's a different vibe mm. when you're standing in the property saying, this is the deal that you're going to have or lose what's the best you can do here um understand that price shopping is relative the cheapest person um is not always the one you want to go with because you could run into a contractor game where uh guys are like hey i can get this done for 50k knowing it'll cost 100 and that they're going to try to get ahead of the draws and run up the money on you but once you commit mentally to the 50k even when things start going wrong you don't want to mentally accept that this is going to cost 100k so now you're trapped. Mm-hmm. You're stuck with this person. That's right. So there's a contractor game there. So you're not looking for the cheapest. In terms of questions, um, I, I mean, I recommend mentorship, right? Which is why I put together different mentorship programs for people that will like lay out the knowledge, the turnaround times for renovations, what contractors cost. So what your GC pays the subs, even to, down to like the guy who cleans out the trash or does the dump runs. Like, what do they pay them? A hundred dollars a day, buck fifty a day, two hundred a day. What's the plumber and the electrician get paid? So having that knowledge, but then also when you know the time frames for these things, like it takes a week to do the sheetrock job, it takes two days to hang, day to tape. They got to come back, sand spackle, come back, touch it up, then let it dry for a couple. You like there, you have to know the turnaround times, and when you know that, then you start asking questions like, so how long would it take you to sheetrock the property? Then they give you an answer. It's going to take two weeks. Why would it take two weeks? It's going to take two days to hang, a day and a half to tape, sand spackle, come back, let it dry, come back, touch it up. So it's a week. So once again, how long would it take you? Oh, well, I, I could get it done in a week. Well, you just passed the test right there. 
So you start asking time frames. And if they say, oh, well, it'll take two weeks. What would it take? How many guys? X amount of guys. What would it take for you to speed up and get it done in a week? You start asking them questions that show competence. And what it will do is it will make you not look new. It will run away a scam artist, a flim flam man. It'll run them away because they're going to say, this guy's all over it. I'm not going to be able to pull my move. So it's really about exactly. just being um, knowing the right questions to ask. But all those questions are based on timelines. And then things like, do you have your own tools? Professionals have tools. Guys who don't have their own tools aren't professionals, period. Like there's no there's no exceptions. Like so when you ask that question and they're like, no, I don't have tools. And it's like, all right, you're not they're not really like a professional. Why would they not have tools? It's like a dentist not having you know, something to pull teeth with. Like, it, it doesn't make any sense. So you have to get down to the nitty gritty. And I have a very strict interview process and questioning process that I take people through to challenge them and kind of poke and prod, test attitude. And um, that will keep you safe more than anything. Are you looking for a real estate brokerage to help you buy or sell your property? The Headley Group Realty is here to assist you with that process. We also hire brokers to join us and give them the best training and mentorship leading to a great office atmosphere and an attractive commission structure. Our goal is to show homeownership at the highest professional level and empower the real estate business. If you're interested in buying or selling your property, visit www.theheadleygroup.com or call us at 336-904-6212. We look forward to partnering with you. Well, you know, you answer, like I said, answer that, that question to the T. If I had to add anything, I'm quite sure you probably have it in your course. How many other projects you have going on? That too. Because <laughs> they'll take on your project and do three or four other projects. And you're like, oh, you're supposed to have been done like two weeks ago. Yeah. Because you continue taking on jobs. Yeah. So, yes, definitely. And, and, um, and feeding on that is how how do you like to get paid? So, guys who, oh, I, I, I need, I need right. half up front. Nah, oh. you know, like up front in the money, here's what you got to understand. And and this is just bringing it back to just logic. Just because somebody's a good contractor doesn't mean they're a money manager. I've managed money right. for millionaires. Like I, I've, I've mm. managed money at a firm uh, where we had 300 clients, $1.4 billion. Right. So I've managed mm. money for multi-millionaires. Being a asset manager and being a contractor, two different disciplines. You most likely... And being able to save up 50 grand and be in a position to write checks to a contractor are a better money manager mm-hmm. than them. Because if they had the money mm-hmm. and they had the skill set of how to rehab properties, wouldn't they just go out and do their own deals? If they were like really good money management people, they would just go do their Great own point. deals, right? So Great. don't write them the check. You have to manage the money. You have to manage that labor by the day, by the week. Um, get the work done check the work inspect the work then release the money so don't put that money in their hands a lot of contractors what i've learned is they're not bad people they don't really intend to rob you they are just so mm. bad with money it's like if if i take a, a kid and he makes the mba and i give him two million dollars that two million dollars is going to be spent in two months because he doesn't know how to manage money if i give that to a 40 year old man he's going to keep more of it because he's lived more and managed money more. So a lot of these contractors are just not good money managers. They don't intend to rob you. They just get into that thing. And like you said, when they have three other jobs, they start robbing Peter to pay Paul. That's right. And I don't know if that be, that's a trend because that is so true. Majority of the contractors and 
technology skills too is in the toilet. Yeah, <laughs> great with their hands, but they don't artists. Know how to go email contractors are artists. They're artists. Yes, they're artists. very talented Correct. Correct. as that artists. That doesn't make them like tech people and stuff. Like there's it's such makes a sense. different skill set. Yeah, makes sense. Let me ask you to say now. You mentioned your property you still have said the equity. You said the value is now is about two hundred eighty thousand. Yeah. Unsure if you did it, if you're willing to share, it's up to you. Do you believe in the birth strategy? Did you pull any money out to fund any other deals? I didn't pull any money out of this deal um, to fund anything else, just because I didn't have to. Like I was, I was setting it up in a way where I was, I would just save everything. Like I'm a guy who will live so low to the ground. Like I, I got into the principles of like pay yourself first, ten percent than 20% and at a point is paying myself 50% of every check. So I wasn't even looking at that. I was looking kind of more of a slow and steady, but in terms of, um, you know, building out, getting up to 300 deals, like how do you get up to 300 properties in five years? Um, it's the birth strategy. It's taking capital, putting it into a deal, you know, buying a shell for 20 grand from the sheriff's sale, uh, that has an ARV of 220, putting a hundred K into it, full gut, renovating it, pulling out, you know, um, as much money as you can get out 30, 40 K in a cash out refinance and then reinvest in that capital again and again and again. The birth strategy is not only the way for growth and scalability, but also from a tax standpoint, bonus depreciation, tax write offs. If you have a spouse who's also working a W-2 and you're doing the real estate, you can in, in many ways uh take a total loss on their income right so you could get enough losses off of the real estate activity to wipe out your spouse's income completely and that could lead to a fifty sixty thousand dollar tax return for for like a lot of us so um the tax game is what you will really learn is the most valuable part of the birth strategy even if you're not making cash flow you'll be getting back so much money in tax returns and just um tax incentives that it, it just gets crazy let the people know. I know we mentioned all these acronyms and, and alphabets. Let people know what the birth strategy is as well as the ARV. Yeah, the you you buy the property, you rehab the uh, property, um, you rent the property, you refinance the property, you repeat. So buy, rehab, rent, refi, repeat, um, and that's the birth strategy. And it, it's it's just the the perfect it's the perfect strategy. For me, in a C-class neighborhood, it really is because you can create value and you can start to uh, step into that scale, that economy of scale where your costs go down. You start to buy materials in bulk. Um, con you can get a big construction team and run them through a lot of deals and just make a lot of money and have community impact. Tell people what the ARV is. After repair value. So the ARV, okay, gotcha, right. um, this is like if you buy a property, a lot of us look at like hard money. If you learn how to use hard money, um, that can be an accelerator. It's a double edged sword because you need to be able to renovate like quickly and get in and out of deals. But um, they're they're basically going to look at a shell. If you bought a shell for 10 grand, they're going to send in an appraiser and they're going to look at what properties like that that are fully renovated are selling for. So if those properties fully renovated would sell for 180, then the after repair value of that $10,000 shell would be 180 after you repair it. So that's an important number um, to get down. And then it's important to learn how to run your comps so you can project ARVs on deals before you even purchase them. Mm, nice, nice. Well, um, 
Brian, let's transition to these uh, uh, one of the most important parts of the show that kind of got me going. Three hundred deals, yeah. brother. That right there is a that, that right there gets a, a round of applause <laughs> in that one. Yeah, we, we got a three hundred deals, brother. That we got to talk about. Yeah. That. Um, how do somebody get to that point of three hundred deals, five hundred deals, a hundred deals? Right. Well, was there one secret, an ingredient, a certain system and formula? I'm gonna lean towards that that you utilize to get you that to that point of three hundred deals. I think it's just the, at the end of the day, the reward for good work is, is more work. So it's really about it, what I've learned in this business from a lender's perspective is your number one job is not to get big very quickly. It's just to stack nice. wins, just stack wins. Stack Even wins. if it's a like layup, that. like it, it doesn't matter a three pointer mm. versus a layup um, mm. versus a free throw. It does not matter in real estate. It's just wins and losses. It's pass fail in this game. Um, So if you just keep stacking wins, here's how a lender thinks. I'm going to give you 100K. And then you take the money and you do a deal. You win. You stack a win with 100. Then they come back and say, all right, give them a million. And then you stack a win with a million. Then they give you 10 million. Then they'll give you 100 Mm -hmm. million. So if you just keep stacking wins and keep doing good by your people as well. You're only as strong as your team. So it's not people look at me and say he did 300 deals. I didn't do 300 deals. My team that I built, um, we did 300 deals. I I could have. Well, well, let me interject. Let me interject. Shout to your team. Yeah, the team. We now give Brian all his credit. Shout to his team. Shout to the team. Each and every one. Yeah, because it it takes it takes a team. That's why I was able to do this is because. I would go up against another investor and another investor mm. who has an ego who says, look what I can do. I got 30 deals. And I say, that's cool. But you're one guy. When you burn out, if I burn out, I can go to the park and I might have 40 virtual assistants and 150 contractors banging hammers all day. Nice. So that team, nice. we can we can eat your lunch. You know, it's like Michael Jordan playing right. one against 50. Like, like I'm going to win, right. even if we're all scrubs, I'm going to win. That's so right. um, having a strong team and, and getting people to buy into that belief system that um, there's always going to be more food than you can eat. So so if there's one secret, the secret is to have more food than your team can eat. So here's mm. what I do. Just like I would never if, if you drop me out of a parachute in Idaho right now. I would get a property under contract first and then seek out contractors because I know how the game works. Now, the, right. st- the second level of that is after once I get these guys, all right, you're going to be my crew. We're going to get in this first deal. The whole conversation, even before they start start that first deal is by the time we're done this, I'm going to have two for you. I'm going to have two more deals for you. And by the time they're done that deal, I better have two deals under contract. And then the Correct. conversation is by the Correct. time we're done, these two, I'm going to have four. And you keep having that conversation and you keep showing up with more deals than they can work through. When you do that, mm-hmm. contractors start to understand if I stick with this guy, it's just an endless stream of money. And right. I can work at a certain price point and have consistent money because a lot of contractors consistent. will work one month and then the other month they're sitting on the couch and their wife's yelling at them. Like, what are you doing right. here? You know, like, correct, 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 uh, correct, so correct, correct. if you can provide that steady income, the wife's happy. They're making the money consistently. You can make less if you're making it consistently 
versus making mm. a having to squeeze somebody on a deal because you know you're going to sit on the couch for a month and not have any income. That's right. So That's right. understanding all the dynamics and then just putting that play together, but having more deals than your team can eat allows you to build a stronger nucleus. And then it allows you to have the lenders in place to see the volume and you can continue to just stack mm. wins and stay laser focused. Also, just staying lasered in on one strategy, because when you have mm. success, people try to pull you into everything. Oh, you should go commercial, Brian. Right. Oh, you should go flip in the A class, Brian. No, I'm not doing all that. Right. I'm doing what I'm doing. You Correct. go do that. That's right. Stay locked in. That's it. That's it. Stay I like that, brother. I like that. And I think also increases the, your, your, your integrity. You, know, you keep your 100%. word. 100%. Right. And people, people want to rock with you. They say, oh, wow, listen, Ryan's going to take good care of us. He's going to keep them deals flowing. We will continue to do business with That's him. it. Uh, That's it. The team. Yeah. The team. Let me ask you this here, Brandon. Again, you, if you care to share, what does that dynamic look like with your team? Right. I know it's, I don't know where you sit in the, that, uh, that pyramid or how that structure set up, but if you mind talking about that team or, or now getting too specific in terms of how to I, like how it's like set up in terms of like from a yes. management standpoint i mean in, in order to your job if you're you're me which i consider myself a developer um if i had to put a title on it your job is to um have more knowledge have the knowledge of every individual player all kind of in one because it makes you you like i'm i'm as knowledgeable as my architect as my engineer as my contractor, as my lender, as my eviction attorney. And so you you have to be as knowledgeable as every individual player. So then you can put all of these different systems in place together. So you will sit naturally at the top and be more of a director role. Your job is not to stand in houses and build them, but to make everybody's life easier, to create systems of communication. So I might... I might focus and dwell on just creating a platform where my contractors can communicate more efficiently. So I've done things like put in digital walkie talkie systems so my contractors can just communicate on the fly nice. versus drive to each other and do physical nice. communication. So it's like okay. all these little systems are the things that allow you to outdo your competition who has no system. So it's truly mm. taking contractors who don't use technology like you said and then getting easy plug and play technology that they become comfortable with and setting up that system and showing them how to use it that it can be mm -hmm. more valuable in terms of speed because how do you save money in real estate you move faster you move faster right. and then construction can only move so fast so then your supply lines have to move faster your communication lines have to move faster because the actual physical hammer and nail process only goes so fast and then you lose right. you don't have any more efficiency to gain there so it's setting up That's those right. things uh having things like a warehouse dump trucks um just different efficiencies uh that will allow you to be good and then um communicating with key personnel like you always want to have team leaders you need generals you need um other leaders who lead men that can you know you can delegate things to like um, mm -hmm. And then just having good systems, having inspectors, having people who will go out and look at the work and get you reports and videos of the work so that you can see mm -hmm. more. Um, so it, it's there's so many levels. I mean, that's why I have a, a hundred you know plus hour tutorial based course on this stuff because it's so much we, game. We're we, we gonna dive yeah, into like that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a crazy yeah. amount of game. Like I can't. There's so many okay. systems. I, I almost even in telling you nice. ten, I've forgotten a hundred. Um, you know, systems, okay, gotcha. but there, there's a lot of it, but it's really just taking your mm. time and building one system at a time 
and listening to your people, listen to your team. They're going to tell you the pain points and your job is to solve them at the end of the day. It's not to do the That's work. Right. It's right. not to work in the business. It's to work on the business. On That's the, business. the difference. Correct. Correct. Are you looking to join a winning team? Join us as a broker and receive high-level training, mentorship, and an awesome commission structure. If you're interested, visit www.theheadleygroup.com or call us at 336-904-6212. We look forward to partnering with you. Um, like I said, so many good, valuable nuggets you just dropped there. Different segments in real estate, right? Like it is mentioned that people try to shift you over here because you're successful in this particular uh section in real estate do you prefer cash flowing rental property single family multi-family what, what is your choice and why go down that particular lane i like uh i like cash flow right like my my youtube channel is okay. brian loves cash flow because i just like cash flow i don't care if it's a correct. single correct, a correct, multi. Correct, correct. um if if you could buy land and rent rent the land out and get some cash flow i you know i do that too like all of the cash flow okay. is good now you have to adjust to the market. The reason I love real estate is because it's like sports. Like if you're a basketball guy, um, which in a former life, I was probably exclusively like a basketball guy. Um, if somebody's okay. two feet off you, you shoot the ball. If they're right up on you, you drive around them. Like you react to the game. In real estate, like uh, when interest rates were three, 4%, single families, I had single families that cash flow better than multis. Right now with rates a little higher, their multifamily for cash flow is is a lot better because um, you can just get more bang for your buck, more cash flow per asset, and it's just a better value proposition. Or doing single to multi conversions where you're seeing value that other people can't see. There's a lot of money in that as well. Um, I found overall from a, a macro level, you want to look at the way that money flows into these industries and see where uh, where the the profits are so there's big money in real estate real estate real estate is a multi-trillion dollar industry right so there's big money in it and there when i say big money i mean there are companies with 500 million dollars like hedge funds where they got to dump mm. 500 million every six months why so they can prove right. that they need to raise 1.5 billion and that they can deploy mm, it that's, that's right. it they don't even have to prove it's that's profitable right. that's basically, they just yes. got to prove that they can dump it and get rid of it Correct. and they're going to do that mm. into the commercial buildings first because they can dump more money per asset. It's easier for them to underwrite versus going and trying to dump 500 million into a bunch of $100,000 properties, $100,000 singles, mm. which means those singles are lower to the ground. There's less institutional competition. Then you right. look at the mom and pops and say, where can they, what can they not afford? Probably like the half a million dollar multifamily properties. So right. there's a sweet spot there in those mm. um, four, two to four unit uh, multi-family buildings in major cities that the big money can't get there and the mom and pop can't Correct. scale up. That's where your profit uh, can be. And you start looking at things from a macro level like that. Where can I focus in? Um, because the profit margins will get squeezed out of commercial quickly. There's a lot of competition and bigger money than you. Mm, um, so exactly. you just look at this, you know, these things. And I was just going to add, like you said, the money's being squeezed. You do know the big money players that do not normally want to mess with the C-class property. Absolutely. They, they, they well, don't mess they with that, do, so. but they don't know how. They don't know how. They, have, gotcha. they don't know I how. I like that. <laughs> like, exactly. Great they point. don't know how. 
because we know how to deal with deal with you know some of our people yeah. you know if uh, or some people who, who, who resides in the C class. Yeah, I've been on the phone with J, you know people from uh, J P Morgan who were like, hey, we'll okay. we'll stroke you you know X amount per per year like bit you know big numbers, uh, multiple seven figures like we'll stroke you that to pour into C class neighbor. They don't know how, but for these uh, lenders, gotcha. th- here's what a lender cares about: diversification. Their mm. risk, they're they're managing a risk bucket. So if they're only lending to people who are pouring properties into Manhattan, um, Harlem, Correct. and all these parts mm. of New York, and they say, Correct. "Let me see your Northeast Coast book of business." It's all Boston and New York and Jersey City, and they say, "You don't got no Philly in here." No, not really. Correct. They're down. They're not well diversified because what if something happens to New York? Now they're, exactly. they they lose a lot of money. They want these books of business in Philly, Baltimore, Cleveland. Um, Detroit, but they don't have the people that they can tap into, which is why I spend so much time building developers in these areas, because it's like if wow. you learn how to do it, you will become a plug, essentially, for that money to flow through you into mm. the community. You become the facilitator. They don't know how to underwrite. They don't know how to run the comps. Your lender who has 100 million, right. it, they don't even know what the value of the property is. I promise you. And they don't know how to build it. They don't know full gut renovation. They don't know anything. That's why you're there. And that's why they want to deal with you as soon as you step up and start to master this stuff. So Mm. they do want to. They don't know how to. And they don't have the skill set or the resources to do it. Well, brother, let's talk about it right now. Let's transition into that mentor, that course, that program you got where you educate where you said you're trying to build these developers literally throughout the country. Definitely. Dive into that. Yeah, so I, I built my 100 Keys Masterclass. I named it that because I want you know all my people to get 100 properties, 100 keys, right? And um, it nice. breaks down the full game, starting from, from nothing. Like, what mindset do I need? How do I repair my credit? How do I get myself ready to go on this uh, journey to scaling up, you know, from zero to over 100 properties? All the systems how to full gut renovate, mm-hmm. how to build construction crews, where to find them, how to talk to them, um, how to set up your your LLCs and your structuring so that you're mm-hmm. compliant and that you're uh, able to evict and do different things and and keep what you what you make. So it breaks down the entire game and modules. Um, and that's been successful for people who are in places like L.A. Like a lot of us are in L.A. in the West Coast and the real estate so expensive. We need to learn how to invest out of town in other markets. Exactly. So I break down that process. Like, you know, cap rates is t- horrible. Yeah, yeah, cap rates are horrible. You're a New Yorker. Yeah. I live, I live up in in, uh, in in the New York area, and I've been out here since um, you know graduating from Columbia. I invest mm-hmm. uh, in Philly, Baltimore. I've I've built hundreds nice. of properties at least two state lines away. I promise you, I'm not seeing any nice. properties. So my whole process nice. is how can we do this remotely leveraging the technology? How can you do it out of town so your money goes further? So I break that whole process down. And then we have um, for people who are truly just like, hey, I'm working. I, li- I like what I do because my whole thing is like break out of the nine to five and, and into this real estate. But some of us actually do like what we do, even if we're the smaller percentage. I have a program, my boots on the ground program, where I actually do all of this kind of for people. And it's a it's an ultimate shortcut. I had to step back and say, if I could make somebody me, one of my mentees asked me, how can I become you? And I said, well, wh- who am I? How do I articulate this and, and design it? And what I am is sitting at the helm and air traffic controlling and approving deals and pushing buttons, mm. essentially. And that only requires mm. like an hour a day. 
So mm. I set up the boots on the ground to say, I'll help you to find the deals, to source the pennies on the dollar deals, the deals that we can get for, um, you know, 50,000 that are worth 300,000, 350,000. Mm. Like, I'm going to help you to find those deals, put them under contract. We're going to full gut renovate them, cut out the middleman, cut out the GC. We're buying materials direct. We're paying labor direct by the day uh, with proven crews. And then we're going to property manage them, 10 of them, um, cash flow them. You own it. I'm working, um, plugging you into my model at, on like a fee service based, like fee based model so that you own it. Because in real estate, it's a team sport. I'm all about the team, but ownership is a solo sport. It's like tennis. It's like golf, right. like a solo. Um, so correct, you have correct, to correct, own correct, it point. so that you can control it. You don't need a bunch of partners. You just need to be plugged in. So I have that program. I have people from all over the country. Some people from outside of the country, like Canada, where they're priced out, are tapped in. Really? And I'm building houses for them uh, in Philly. Wow. Um, full gut renovation style. Everything documented. Videos every nice. day. Um, so it's, you know, it's been it's been really magical. I've been doing ride alongs for people in Philly. Sometimes I'll rent a tour bus. We'll drive around the city. Um, nice. Show you the game. Walk into some of these projects that we're actively rehabbing right now. Meet the contractors right now um, and see the hot spots. So, a lot of these uh, different platforms have given people the opportunity that I didn't have to really like. I wanted it Correct. so bad, and just like you did, mm. but we ended up standing in a property knowing nothing, That's hoping right. for the best. Right. right? Versus having an right. right. outlet where we could tap in and be like, "Hey, he's going to hold my hand through the first deal, or he's going to take me on this ride along nice. tour." where I can actually see nice. the property, like the interior and how it's gutted and reframed and so I can have some confidence to go out and do this thing myself. So I have uh, all of these different um, resources for people who are at various levels, but want to get started. So entry level to I'm building a house for you Two, we're just doing a ride along and you're going to see it and go put your hands on it. Like we have, we have all that put together. Nice. And where can they find it? Uh, you can find it. You can. You just have to tap in. Like um, if you go to www.workwithgrimes.com uh, forward slash cash flow, workwithgrimes.com forward slash cash flow. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, Brian Grimes underscore 247 CFU for 247 Cash Flow University. Uh, YouTube, Brian Loves Cash Flow. Brian Loves Cash Flow on YouTube. Everything's backlinked. So if you see any video, any post, you can click the link in the description link in the bio nice. you can get a hold of me and, and tap into some of the free trainings uh, that I have for you guys as well um, during the course I mean inside your course you have access to nationwide lenders as well oh yeah you can reach out to and all that good stuff. Okay, all that I, no I know it's a silly no question, it wasn't a silly question it's something I, I, I okay, didn't okay. mention like we have lenders that'll give you mm -hmm. 100% of the money to purchase and Investment rehab property. yeah to purchase and rehab the property brother hold on let me, me get my applause <laughs> this man he said 100 percent leverage usually you would talk to a finance person they'll say we only do 70 percent of the deal 80 percent of the deal you got to come with the rest have some skin in the game if this brother's putting putting this out there it's definitely worth a shot. People will follow, follow. Yeah, up no, it's a hundred, hundred percent over here. And that's how I was able to scale so quickly was by tapping into a hundred percent leverage. So, um, I always nice, put nice, that out nice. and plug my people in, um, to that hundred percent leverage. You have to, you have to have the proper knowledge because like I said, it's a double edged exactly. sword, but once you do it, I mean, it will accelerate you tenfold. Well, listen, brother, let me tell you something, man. You, you, you usually, I'll ask a question. I got to kind of keep asking questions because, you know, the guests will catch it. But 
you, brother, you, you have it, right? The, the knowledge is there. The groundwork is there. The, uh, uh, the platform is there to show people exactly this is how I did it. I can do it for you. Brian, we ask every guest that's on the show for two golden nuggets. Brother, literally gave us a thousand, right? <laughs> two golden nuggets, whether it's a book, quote, scripture, or something personal to you to keep people to give them that inspiration to keep going what exactly is that go ahead and go um a, a good book for you guys if you're if you're obsessed with real estate and you really want to learn more about the birth strategy is the section eight bible there are um mm. different it's funny because you said like scripture but it's, it's, it's not the bible but it's the section eight bible for real and it will show you that entire birth strategy game and how to section eight they have volumes one two and three it started by two guys from philly um a south philly guys um and and they just partnered up and they built like a 400 or 500 property portfolio in about seven years and i patterned my business model off of them and, and went out and did it right so um nice. the, the section eight bible is amazing so many nuggets it's it's one of my favorite reads and it's an easy read i'm an audiobook guy so i don't like to read okay. like a ton of books but this is this is an easy read um easy read. the kind of like my it's become like the family mantra but my father was a, was a, a all-american 400 meter runner and his um mm -hmm. his coach was one of like the the guys who put up like the fist in the 68 you know olympics um mm, gold medalist right. right and um mm. the mantra that his coach gave him was uh the main things to keep the main thing the main thing and that that is about staying like locked in and staying focused on what you're doing That's keeping right. your main thing mm. uh the main thing and i try to live mm. life along that there's so many uh shiny bells and whistles out there especially when you're having so success people want to pull you distract you do That's what's right. working keep the main thing the main thing and just stay locked in on your mission and it will pay off staying staying locked in in this world especially with uh so much um distraction so much social media so much Sorry. going on is more important than it even was when my father was you know giving this mantra from his mentor Definitely. so main things to keep the main thing the main thing so if anybody asks me what i'm doing I'm keeping the main thing, the main thing. The main thing is buy and hold, C-class, rebuilding communities, keeping my team fed, keeping everybody locked in, tapped in, and building more developers. That's the main thing. That's what I'm doing. And um, that's what it is. Nice, nice. Brian, here's the thing. We ask every guest this, and you probably do have one. Is there a question you would like me, was there a question you would like to answer that I did not ask? I think you covered it. I mean, I think uh, I think we got it all out. Um, we, we got all the knowledge out. I know uh, there's people are probably like, oh, why didn't he talk about this or that? I think I could personally talk about this stuff for, you know, like at least a year straight. Man. And if you go on my YouTube bro, page, you're going to be an alumni. Yeah, like there's just so much. You on part yeah, two, we got to do part two. Get the part two episode. Yeah, you're gonna, exactly, you might exactly, get some, exactly. some people like, hey, why aren't you asking this? Why aren't you asking that? So we'll come back. Correct, 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 correct. Stuff. Hey, But yeah. now nah, we gave a lot of game today. Um, so we'll save some game. for part two. A lot of good game. Exactly, brother. But listen, brother, let me tell you something. I want to thank you for being on the Heavy Good Real Estate Show. And listen, you gave the audience some fabulous. Listen, people, the brother literally told you, follow his course, get the course going. He can educate you. Literally, he will build it from the ground up and put tenants in to fix it up for you if you want it that way. So either way, tap into the brother. Um, Brian, thanks for being on the show. Appreciate it. And we want to thank you and all our audience. And we'll see everybody next time on the Heavy Group Real Estate Show.
Hey gang, I hope you really enjoyed that show. Our guests provide us some great tips and insight and please support them on all social media platforms. And while I'm saying that, support us on all social media platforms and don't forget, watch the entire video on YouTube. We'll see you next time.